Now I am late and I apologize for that. Now we are, as you know, learning the Maimorim from Tafshin Dalad Men. From 19, if I take one of each, one, two, three. Each week with Hashem's help we learn a Maimorim. But we try to sneak in a couple extra here and there. Because not every Shabbos is a Maimon. This year is a leap year. There's two others. Tovshin Da'av Mem was also a leap year. There were also two others. But the Rebbe apparently didn't fabrang every Shabbos. Um, there's quite a few Shabbos, but there's no Maimon. There's no Maimon because there was no fabrang. So whenever we have a week where there's no Maimon from Da'av Mem, we go back to the beginning. Like we did two weeks ago, we learned a Maimon which was Shabbos Mevorchim. Now we're learning Kisisa from Tavshin Yudalef, which is Shabbos and Varchem Adar Sheni of that year. Now I want to tell you something very, very interesting. Rabbi Yael Khan writes in his letters, which are now called his diary, which the whole Lubavitch has, except for him. There were letters that he wrote to his father, the Pashtas. That uh, when the Rebbe made the first Fabrengin and said the first Maimir, so the Rebbe said, after the Fabrengin, he said to Mistami, You're going to write down the Sikhis. And the Rebbe said to him, Mistami, you're also going to write down the Maimir. And Abiel was very taken aback by that because we know that the Rabbeim wrote their own Ksidis. All the Rabbeim, starting from the middle of the Rebbe, wrote their own Maimadim. And the Rebbe says to him, You'll, um, you'll write down the Sikhis and you'll write down the Maimir. So Rabbi El says to the Rebbe, the Maimir with Mistama Arishkin the Ksav. Mistama, the Rebbe is going to give out the Maimir written. So the Rebbe says, Boss, you don't remember the Maimir well? He tells the Rebbe, Nishpun, not so well. And the Rebbe says to him, Do Tragarai was do Kens. You write what you can write, and I'll see. As it turned out, the Rebbe did not write the Maimir Bosselagan. At least if he did write it, we don't have it. And the Rebbe was different than all the other Rebbeim in the Chabad that he did not write his own Maimorichsidis. It's a fact. He did not write his own Maimorichsidis. But he tried. Twice. The Maimor in front of you, pages Chav Hei and Chav Vav, is the Rebbe's own words. The Rebbe wrote himself, the first page. And then the next Maimor, which I hope to also find time to learn sometime this winter, but we'll see how it goes. The Purim Maimor, the Rebbe also started writing himself. Now nobody knows Das Elyon. We can't understand what's going on in the Rebbe's world. But Das Tachtin, the Rebbe Pashit couldn't write. The Rebbe's style of writing is so concise. He doesn't write ideas or its points. On the other hand, the Rebbe's style of speech is incredibly elaborate and developed and forward. They say the Friedrich Rebbe was Faket. His writing is very elaborate, very ornate, very gorgeous. And his talks were very concise, right in the Nekudah, to the point. And they also say that the Ragut Shavar had the same character as the Rebbe. His style of writing is extraordinarily concise. But when he would speak, he was very articulate, very developed, very clear, very comprehensible. And the Rebbe didn't write. The Rebbe spoke. Now we have quite a few writings of the Rebbe. We have the Rashimis. We have the letters from the early years, the Chuvah Sabiyurim, and you could see that this is a fact. The Rebbe's approach to writing is very concise. You have to literally measure every word. Because every single word is exact, 
there's not an extra word like the Rebbe used to say about the Alter Rebbe L'shene Hazahav the golden language by the Rebbe every word is measured and I don't know if you could say that this is because Rabbi Khan asked this Kisisa is the fourth mime of the Rebbe's Nesiyas you had Rafi Lagani which was Wednesday night to Thursday you had the Shabbos mime Rai Shabbos Baganim then you had the third mime which we learned a couple of weeks ago Ve'ela Mishpotim which was the mime of Shabbos of Archimad the Rishim this mime the Rebbe started writing Pashat and I wrote the first page, which is Chafei and Chavav, you have Chafei and Chavav. I wrote Sif Aleph, Sif Bey, Sif Gimel, Sif Dalet. Now take a look at how many pages Sif Aleph, Sif Bey, Sif Gimel, and Sif Dalet take up. And you'll see the difference in how the Rebbe writes and how the Rebbe speaks. Did the Rebbe try to write? He didn't write. Now I'm not going to start analyzing. It's not my business. The bottom line is, we're going to learn the Rebbe's mind. And I'm not entirely decided about this but my Yetzir Hara wants to spend three classes on this Maimon it'll take us two classes to learn the Maimon and then I want to learn the Lashon Harav I, I want to learn what the Rebbe wrote Chachafilu it's not finished and it's concise the Rebbe sat down and wrote a Maimon I feel that we should devote a day to learning it inside mm-hmm. it, would, it won't even take that much time but it's not the point I, this is what my fantasy is. We're going to learn today half a Maimed with Hashem Sal. We're going to learn Sunday, the second hour, with Hashem Sal, half a Maimed. And either Monday or Thursday of next week, we'll learn the Lashon Harav, what the Rebbe wrote himself. Okay? Now, Kedal Keinu, as is our custom, we don't necessarily learn a Maimed in order. This is a Kisi Sesresh. It's a Maimed of Kisi Sesresh. And. Um, I guess you could define this Maimed as three concentric rings, one inside the next. The outermost rings, as the Rebbe asks, in effect, six questions on the Pasuk And I must be candid, most of them go unanswered. Most of them remain without answers. The second concentric ring is the Re'e He talks about the need for Moshe Rabbeinu giving us a Munu. The center of the Maimed is Amunah itself. So let's learn the Maimed inside out. We're going to start from the Pnim of the Maimed, from the Toich. And it's on page Lamed. Okay? Page Lamed, the Rebbe is talking about Amunah. And he says, What meditation does a person need to do in order to have Amunah? And again, the Hemshech of this is going to be once we discuss Bamehi Ha'iz Bonanus, which brings us to Amuna, the next dimension, the next layer of the Maimed is going to be Ure'ei Amuna, why you have to have Moshe Rabbeinu and giving you Amuna. But let's learn Amuna. And it's mamish very sweet. My only tiny to the Rebbe is it's not long enough. It's three pages on Amuna and I want to learn them. Abavifel says it's Venik. So we begin to read. We all know the difference between faith that comes from the philosophies. A guy who is righteous is a philosopher and based on his philosophy he has faith but there's a difference between the emuna of the philosopher which is the emuna of a non-Jew the emuna is and the emuna of a Jew. Now remember what kind of non-Jew are we talking about and the difference is the moon as Chasidi Yom Ma'alik Kalam. 
The moon of a Nanju is the Madrega Mamalikalaman. In other words, what does he believe in? Shahu Hachayis Hamislabesh Venifrit Lepratim. It's the level of life which is manifest in this world in such a way that is divided up into parts. Every single creation gets a different part of life. You'll see later on in the Maimah that the Rebbe is going to make a very powerful argument. The argument is, when you look at the world, you have proof that there is a God. If you look at the world, you have proof that there is a God. Are you believing in God or are you knowing God? You're knowing God. A lot of the Maimah say, faith begins where knowledge ends. Right? I believe what I cannot know. But what I could know intellectually, I don't have to believe. I know it. So the Rebbe's question becomes, if a Goy uses his moyach, his seich, and Lahavla Yid uses his seich, to look at the world and extract from the reality of the world that there's an Ebishto, because he sees life, that's a muna, that's seich. And the Rebbe's going to say later in the Maimah that even from a Malik Halal, that means even for the proof, even for the God you can see from the world, you also need a muna. Why? So I'll, let me show it to you inside. If you look on the same However, the idea that there is a God which is called in our culture the God of is an intellectual thing. And if it's an intellectual thing and I know God from proof, why do I have to believe in God? Says Even for the God of the physicality and the crudeness of the body covers your intelligence not it covers your God it covers your Seichel people become so immersed in Tivus and temptations and in lust they do things that are stupid irrational this is no longer about faith this is about reason your brain gets messed up. You become up there. Let alone the seichel of a yid. The seichel of a yid should not allow him to do an aved unless it goes crazy. The seichel of a goy is the same thing. Your intelligence becomes skewed, become like drunk because of Titus. Vahainu, in other words, Shatayvis shilti mumeshnim alav. The Tayvis dominate and rule. Vaseichel English lita cloud. The mind has no control. Says the Rebbe Valachain, and therefore, hahasaga bulvad. Even when you have proof that there's a God, you see God intimately in the world. Ena must speak. It's not enough. Vitzarech li yizgam inyanamun. Let's be faith. So, what does it mean? A person, a guy lahav, who looks at the world, he sees God. How does he see God? First of all, the world exists. And second of all, the world is alive and has order and has beauty. In the Lashon of the Medrash, as the soul fills the body, God fills the world. You see in this world order and organization and life, which is a symptom of HaKadosh Baruch so you say, I don't need to believe in God. I have proof of God. Like, Rebbe, no, you have to believe. Now, so what's the difference between having proof for God and believing in the God for whom I have proof? 
to use the language of the Maimon, what's the difference between Hasog in Ramallah Kalaman and Emun in Ramallah Kalaman? What's the difference between understanding the level of the Kalaman or because I understand Ramallah Kalaman, I believe in Ramallah Kalaman? What does it mean? Now, this the Rebbe doesn't explain. He leaves this to us. He leaves this to us. And this is the Shredazach. So, what's Taka the difference? What is the difference if my whole relationship with Abish is based on the Abish that I see from the world? Where is the Yamuna? Where is the Yamuna? Where is the Yamuna component if it's an Abish that I see intellectually from the world? So I don't know the answer. I really don't know the answer. But I'm going to tell you a couple of Nakudas. The first Nakudas is Tanya chapter 41. Well, the Rebbe translates the word Emuna from the word Umnus. Umnus means proficiency. Be a professional. When you're good at something, you're called a professional. The Hebrew word for professional is an Umma, a craftsperson. A member of a guild, to use an ancient term. And emuna means to be good at it. So in my know, in my head, I'll be saying that there's an Ebishter because I see him in the world. The Tivus can burden me so much, I'll lose my head. I have to be good at it. Good at it means I have to dedicate a lot of time to it. That's the emuna. When you're good, you dedicate a lot of time to it, and you're good at it, then the emuna is stronger than the Tivus. That's the first idea. But there's another idea, and I want to share this as well. One of the ideas that you find a lot in Hasidus about Amuna is that it's Dafke Katnus. Right? The second bracha of Shemena Esri bracha, 19 bracha of Shemena Esri, yeah? What's the second bracha? Mechaya Mesa. Ata Gibir, yeah? What's the most important word in the second bracha of Shemena I'm sure you'll ask a dozen people, you get a dozen answers. To me, the most important word is Mechaim Emunasa, the Sheniyaf. What does that mean? I make a promise to you. And it's completely reasonable for me to keep that promise. So you can believe me. But what does belief mean? You understand that I'm able to give this to you. You understand that I'm an honorable person. You understand that it's in my power to give it to you. So you believe me. So you believe me. You understand that I'm going to deliver. What happens if I make a promise to you and it's hard for me to keep? The harder it is for me to keep the more I have to trust. The more I have to say, well, I don't know how you're going to do it, but if you promise, yeah? What if I make a promise to you and there's no way in the world I could keep it? So now, either you don't believe me, or if you do believe me, the belief is not at all based on, to use a Kabbalistic term, on the oir, on the prospect of how I see you're going to accomplish it, or you see how I'm going to accomplish it, but it's complete trust. Yeah? The Ibish makes a promise to you. What's a promise? If you fall, I'll stand you up. If you're sick, I'll heal you. If you're fainted, I'll revive you. And if you're dead, I'll bring you back. Hashem says, you fall, I'll get you up. So you say, okay, that's reasonable. Why? A person falls. How terrible is a person fell? He's still alive. He's even still healthy. He tripped and fell. You're going to stand him up. But if I say, if you're sick, I'll heal you. How do you heal a person who's sick? Ah, oh, this has to have a little bit. You don't understand it as well, you believe it more, yeah? What if he says, uh, you're, you're, you're completely not functional, and the Abish is going to redeem you from a completely impossible situation. So now you understand it less, and you have to trust more, yeah? What if Hashem's Allah bringing you back from the dead? That doesn't make any sense at all. All you have is Amunah. All you have is God said, trust me. And he said, I trust you. See, this is a munis katnus. 
Emunah begins where reason ends completely. When I can't understand at all, then I have to believe. Katnut. Emunah is katnus. Godless is sheikhul, katnus is emunah. But of course, you know, to see this, that in this katnus, there's more tertiaf than in any godless. That in this smallness, there's more akshonis, more stubbornness, more inflexibility than in any godless. That's why it says in Exidus, Netzach and Hoid are the lowest sweetest, but Netzach and Hoid have an akshonis, which is Moshe Shonatmus. Why? Because it's small. Small is simple. Simple means you tell me, I believe you. That's it. That's a munu. So the other characteristic of a munu, the first characteristic of a munu is that you push a good at it. The second characteristic of a munu is that it's not sophisticated. And because it's not sophisticated, it has a strength. You know, Yankel Shvei tells a story. It's the most amazing story. He's the youngest of three boys. And his mother, who's here, he lost his father, yeah? And he, his father died in the blockade in Leningrad. And his mother sent him away to Yeshiva. And she promised him, I'm going to come visit you. He was a kid. He was a kid. He was not before Bar Mitzvah. He probably wasn't ten. Every night after say that he would go to the train and wait for his mother. For a long time. I don't know if it was weeks or months. It was a long time. And she came. And he was waiting for her by the train. And he went night after night after night. His mother told him she's going to come. And she came. It's, it's one of the most... The story is so emotional, it's unbelievable. But it's a true story. It happened with a person that we know who walks the same earth we walk to. Talk about childhood. His mother sent him away to yeshiva, and he was in yeshiva, I think it was months. Every day, he waited for the train. And if she wasn't on this train, she was on the next train. If she wasn't on the next train, she was on the next train. How much amuna? How much you have to trust your mother? You're not talking about an adult. And what's the point of waiting for the train? She'll come to town, she'll come and find it. It's, an, it's the most amazing story. What's so amazing about it is how totally irrational it is. But that's what children are. Irrational. But in this case, this irrational showed itself in a trust that's poshit ain't sof. Now this is a child believing his mother, yeah? A yid believes the mebush. So the Rebbe says like this, your whole amunah is mamalak Your whole amunah is because you have proof. That's it. You don't know the Ain Sof God. You don't even know the Save of Kalama God. You see soon. You only look at the world and you see evidence somebody made it. So the Rebbe, your mind makes it clear to you that there is a God. But that's not enough. Why? Tithes. Tithes are going to make you stupid. Stupid. With sugar. And everybody knows exactly what this means. It needs no explanation. So how do you counter about, counteract? How do you affect that your relationship with Amish should be revealed in spite of Tithes? And the Tithes is a Munna. Now, how can I believe what I know? And the answer is these two points. Mitzadecha, to be very good at it. And Mitzadashenit, to be stupid about it. Haidor, that's Amunah. And the Rebbe says, this is the Amunah, Mamalek Alamin. A Goy is capable of this. A Goy. When you say a Goy, believes Nebish, he believes Nebish because of proof. And there's two aspects in the Goy's Amunah. The first aspect in the Goy's Amunah is the Seichelik proof, the intellectual proof, which... Because he sees the world, and because he sees the world, he knows somebody had to make it. An artisan who designed it, they made it beautiful and orderly as he sees it. But then the guy has a leap of faith. A leap of faith, not that he believes that God is more than the God he sees. But that the God that he sees, he commits to, he dedicates himself to, in what the Rebbe calls emunah and natsir. And let us continue.
Going back to the top of the page. Says the Rebbe, Ubemeila, four lines from the top of page Lamit. There's copies here if you want to come and take. Ha'ayla Matthias. When you believe in God, or you know that there's a God, because you have intellectual proof, what's the pshat? Because there's a world, I know there's a God. If I say, because there's a world, I know there's a God, how could that God say there's no world? If my whole God is based on the world. I know about the Eibishter because I know about the world. If I know about the Eibishter because I know about the world, the Eibishter can't possibly be realer than the world that made the Eibishter real. So the Rebbe says, when you have seich and then a muna from that seich on the level of mamalikol almin the world is realer than the Abishta because the world is the basis for the Abishta it's only that you acknowledge that the world is bottle the vitality the life which is inside of it why? because it's dependent upon the Abishta says the Rebbe that's a moon on the regular Shem Alekim there's an Abishta in Teva I look at the world and the world tells me this didn't make itself somebody had to Someone had to design it. Someone had to give it order and beauty and life and synchrony and integration and unity and so forth. But the world is what brings me to the Abishta. The world, the Abishta cannot be truer then. The world will teach me the Abishta. So the world doesn't matter. Says that everyone is B'nai Yisrael. But then you have the Emunah of Yid. He b'v'chin a save of Kalam and Yid and believe in godliness which is higher. Ma'kif kloli indirect light which is which a person is believing because it's beyond his understanding and therefore it's beyond the divisions in the world so a Yid believes not in the Eibishter that he sees evidence from in the world but the Eibishter which he does not see evidence for in the world I want to tell you uh, tangentially one of the points that the Rebbe does not mention in this Maimir which is mentioned in so many Maimir when I talk about this Boninus is the point of Yesh Me'ayin. When you talk about looking at the world and having proof for God, there's two proofs. When you look at the world and you say, ah, this world tells me there's a creator, the first proof is from the, the what they call the tzura. The world has order, the world has beauty, the world has pleasantness, the world has unity, the world has integration. That's all showing me the incredible chokhmah and peace that there is in the creator. But it doesn't address the fundamental question. Who made it? Not who organized it. Who made it? So of course the Apokursim said, Yesh Me'ayin is Nimnad. They believe that the material of creation always existed. We believe in Yesh Me'ayin. Yesh Me'ayin means not only did the Abish to give order to the world, he created the actual components, actual atoms and atomic particles for which the world is designed. This is called Yesh Me'ayin. Yesh Me'ayin, you look at the world, it's much easier to see God from the order in the world. That's called the Malagalam. But to look at the world and say, this world once didn't exist and someone made it exist, which is what Yesh Me'ayin makes, it compels, first of all, it's not so simple. And even if you could appreciate Yesh Me'ayin, the question becomes, looking at the world and seeing the Ayin and the Yesh, is that a Hezbonus of Mamalak Alaman or Hezbonus of Seyim Kalaman? That's the first Madrig and second Madrig. Abayag Goy does no Asog of Yesh Me'ayin. It's not. But the Rebbe does not bring the example of Yesh Me'ayin in the Maimed. He skips it. And my uh, exposure, the little that I have learned in my life, has taught me that my Mori Hasid has put Yeshmein in between. It's higher than Mamali, but it's not yet Seber. It's higher than Mamali because Yeshmein is not what I see in the order of the world. But I see that the world needs to have a beginning. In other words, we have to look at the world and say it once wasn't and somebody made it. 
that makes it hard in Amalek Alamin. But on the other hand, it's not safe of Kalaman because the world compels it. The world says, I was once not. So Yeshmiyayin is a funny Hizbunnah. It doesn't fit into a neat category. It's, so to speak, in between Mamalak Alaman and Sevev Kalaman. And there's a moon of Yeshmiyayin. Just like when you look at the world and you say, somebody made this because it's so beautiful, which is Hizbunnah, Mamalak Alaman. And then after the Seichel comes the Amunah, there's a higher. I look at the world and I say, listen, this couldn't have always existed. It has to have a beginning. And before it began, it wasn't. Somebody began it. Whoever that beginner is, is the real truth of this creation. And of course, you learn Tanya, so you know that once you cross the threshold from Yesh Miyesh to Yesh and you talk about his havos, God, this creator must always create. Yes, I, I understand this creator and I believe in him. That's also Seichel and also Amuna. It, it's higher than the Mamale Kalaman of which Amaymer speaks. And Amaymer doesn't really represent it, so I'm introducing it as part of the discussion. But I yet believe in Seva. Seva means I am able to know and believe in God that I have no proof for. That's the Rekudah. That I have no proof for. Not I have indirect proof for. I have no proof for. Anything about the Eivishter, which I have proof for, the Goy can also find that proof. And like I said to you before, Goyim have proof for God, but they fixate on the proof for the God that organizes the world, that's the intelligence of the creation. The ex nihilo factor is very controversial. Aristotle didn't believe in Yeshmiyah. The Rambam fights with him about Yeshmiyah. I mean, the most important Chiddush of the Rambam in the Sayyid Sefer made in Nebuchim is Yeshmiyah. And the Alter Rebbe takes that Chiddush Yeshmiyah and builds the Tanya around it, around that principle. Yeshmiyah doesn't only mean Hashem took matter that always existed and gave it order, He created the matter. That also has two elements the Seichel element, the world tells me intellectually it has to have a start, and then the Yamuna, where I say, Seichel proved me that there is a God, but Tivus are going to make me stupid. So I need a Muna to counteract it, like I said to you before. Seichel Kalaman is higher even than that. Seichel Kalaman means basically I'm believing, I'm knowing a God that I have no proof for, directly or indirectly. And that's the difference between the Yid Lahavl and a God. But then he continues. Well, six lines on the top of page Lamed, and more specifically, by a Yid, three madrigas of a Muna. Number one, Hamuna of the way a yid believes in the Malakalamin, that Lecheira, a yid and a goy are the same when it comes to that. And remember again, there's two aspects. There's the Seichel of Malakalamin, the Amuna that comes from Number two, Amuna, the Seichel of Kalam. A yid believes in the Abishtir, which has no proper in the world, that's higher than the world. But number three, Amuna in the Abishtir himself, Shalomailam, the Seichel of Kalam, In other words, there's an idea that I know that there is godliness above the world. And then there's an idea that I know that there is God that's not even above, as the Rebbe is going to say it in the Maimon later. Three Madrigas. And the Rebbe continues it like this. When I am a believer based on proof. And again, remember, when you say I'm a believer based on proof, there's still a difference between proof and Amunah. It's Yeshtagam Bo this. Then you have Amunah Nihilus Yeser, a higher element of Amunah. She be Yisrael, Dafke, which Dafke Yidin had. And the Rebbe calls this Shenikroyim Ma'aminim, because we're believers. Believers means it's in our nature to trust. But then the Rebbe says, V'yayit Zeis is the third Madrega, Mashi Yisrael Nikroyim, B'nai Ma'aminim. That we're a Ma'aminim, not because it's in our nature, because we inherit it from the Avis Avraham, Mitzvah V'yayinke, Shazu, Yamunah. This is a Madrega of Amunah, Shabab Yerushal Avraham Avinah. So three Madregas in Amunah. The Amuna where I have Seichel, but I have to go from Seichel to Amuna so that I should overcome the Tigers. Amuna, 
which I have no seichel for, but it's my own. I, as a human being, believe in God. I have a sense of God. But the God that I have a sense of is higher than the creation. And then there's a Muna that I have because I have a descend- I'm a descendant from Abraham Yitzchak and Yankim. And that Amuna is an Aat Muslim host, the Eidushter himself. Three Madrigis in Amuna. Ubi and Inyan the Rebbe explains. And he talks, you see, if you look on your margin, I made an Aleph, and near the bottom of the page I made a Bez, and on the top of the page Lamed Aleph, I made a Gimel. The the first You have to just be intelligent and not hazed out, fogged out, drunk out by Tivus, and you can sense that there's an Ibsh. This is the moon and the Madrig of Godliness which is filling the world. Like it says in Medrash. Just like the soul fills the body. Similarly, God Almighty fills the world. Every human being looks at himself and he knows that he's not alive because of electrons. Because he's alive because he has a soul. And this is something nobody sees the neshama. No one's ever seen the neshama. And yet we know with certainty that there is a neshama. The same is true. You look at the greater world. You know that this world is living and there's a neshama to the universe. That neshama is the Yevishter himself. A person is a small world. Go to the next line. The entire world is a big body and each person is a small world. In other words, you can use the word world and body interchangeable. I'm not a world, I'm a person. Well, guess what? The whole world is a person also. The Gansabashat is Adam Godel and Yadam Man is Oilam Kot. So each one of us is a little universe and like we see life in our little universe, we see life in the greater universe. But and therefore, Five lines into the second paragraph, page 11. Shame, shine, shame, the of the soul fills the body. Shaguf, mitzadat, mitzadat, the body by itself is not living. It has a soul. And I know for sure that there's a soul, which is the reason the body lives. Tach, gam, hachayis, be'elumis. When I look at the greater world, who chayis, elekis, I see life, and I see that this life is not a physical thing, it's a metaphysical thing. Ruchni is the thing. And this spiritual thing is God. Just like I have proof that I as an individual have in my body something not physical called life. The same exact proofs work for the universe. There is life here. Somebody made it. And the Rebbe goes on to explain what I read to you in my beginning. That it's not enough to have proof of this. and You have to believe it. I, how could you believe what you already know? And so we discussed a little bit before what Amunah means. Now we go three lines from the bottom of the page. We just read the elaborate version of Amunah number one. The first Amunah Lahavla Yidin Agoy have in common, at least so far. What is it? I have proof for God from the observable world. And I said to you before, the emesis, that there's really two madregas in this itself. The, 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 the yesh miyesh, the beauty and order in the world. And the yesh meyayin, the idea that the creation once wasn't and now it is. One is mamish mamale, one is sort of like a mamutzer, between mamale kalaman and sevev kalaman. For sure the first madrege you could understand intellectually, the second madrege perhaps, but it's not enough to understand that you have to jump from that understanding to faith so that you'll live by it. Then the Rebbe goes on and he speaks, In the end, this first amun is, after all, based on seichel. Therefore, the Rebbe says, Above the Yamun that Ayid and Lahavla Goy share, that I have proof for God. 
based on that proof, I have a relationship with him, which is called a muna, a year, there's a muna in God, for which I don't have proof. And his relationship to the creation is uniform. says that every single creation gets a different tribe, a different kind of life. Save of Kalaman is one size fits all. Turn to page Laman Aleph now, Badugmas Abinefesh. What does it mean in a person's Nishama? In addition to the fact that every part of my body has a different function, there is a did that my entire body functions as a single unit. Shemachai, yes, a guf kuli that gives life to my entire body equally. Bli, his chalkos ben no separation between head and feet, and that is a higher level of a human being. There is the human being that I break down into a brain and a heart and eyes and ears and a nose and a mouth and arms and legs and so forth. Then there's the human being, which is the single unit. Now, in most my Mare Hasidis, when they bring this sugya, they use the word derotsin, will or reflex or instinct, that the will is not in any part of the body. The body functions as a single unit. Save of Kalama means I look at the world, I approve for God, and then somehow I sense that this is all one. And that this is all one relates to the Abishta, which is all one. As opposed to, this is many, and therefore the Abishta is giving highest to many. This you don't really have proof for. You can't say, you have to find a, a unifying God, because you see unity in the universe. You see division in the universe, and you see God in every aspect. For this you have to have a munah, and this is a, a unique to a yid. And here again, even though you can't understand it, there is how your brain processes this. That there is unity in the creation, higher than the divisions. And then how you jump from the brain's processing it to the aspect of a muna, which I told you before, two things. Number one, that it has to be very strongly developed. And number two, that it's dafket katnos, because then the amuna has a hardness and a strength. This is the second of the day of a yid. This is called ma'aminim. Now, I don't know exactly how to translate the word ma'aminim. I really don't. I know how to translate b'nei ma'aminim. <laughs> b'nei ma'aminim means the neshama. The neshama? It's not me, it's my neshama. What's ma'aminim? Now, ma'aminim also means my neshama, so then what's the difference between ma'aminim and b'nei ma'aminim? They both mean the same thing. So ma'aminim, I would assume ma'aminim also means the neshama. But ma'aminim means the neshama on the level of a nature. In other words, b'nei ma'aminim means the pintaliyid. The pintaliyid doesn't have a nature. The pintaliyid is one with the apeshtim. Ma'aminim means, I have the, let me put it this way, I have a chush, an ability to sense the truth and to really accept it. That's what we call ma'aminim. The apeshtim gave me a personality that allows me to sense the truth, to know things I can't explain, and yet somehow instinctively I know them. There's a story with the Rebbe. Somebody once called up and complained that a Lababach Chosid did something inappropriate. So the Rebbe told him to say Yerushalmi. It's a Gemara. So he told the Rebbe, that Bocher who did that act doesn't know the Yerushalmi. So what right does he have to do this and this thing? So the Rebbe said, A Chosid has a Chush, two to three different members. A Chosid has a Chush, has a natural tendency. A Mamina means I have a Chush to identify the truth, which I cannot prove, and I buy it. That's Mamina. But name Maminim is I have a neshama which is one with the Eivishter. So the Amun is not even me; it's my neshama and my connection to Ram Avinu has no limits whatsoever. So now we continue to read page Lamed Alf, three lines from the top. Amnam Yeshe Muna Nilus Oyeyse. There's a third Madrege of Amuna. Shehihe Amuna, which is a level of Amuna. Bebchinas Alakus in that Madrege of Godliness. Shalomai Lagami Seigav Kalam. There's no limits whatsoever. 
does he plays around a bit. When I say that there is a godliness that's one and unifies the world, the godliness that's one and unifies the world has or doesn't have a relationship with the world. Now on the one hand it doesn't have a relationship with the world because having a relationship with the world means giving the world importance. Giving the world importance means I give you attention and you attention and her attention. Because I'm giving everybody attention at once. That's not attention. On the other hand, the very fact that I say that it's one and it unifies is an indirect relationship. It has an effect. It influences the world in the way of unity. Simply by saying that it's above the limitations of the world. When I say it has nothing to do with the criteria of the world, still this itself, I'm six lines on top of page Laman Aleph. So you say there is a level that relationship with the world is that it's above the world. This is above the world. It's indirect relationship. So Seyyidim Kalama, as the Rebbe put it is, there is one God. And because of his oneness, there's unity in creation. This is a higher madrega. This he cannot prove up in Seichel, the Rebbe argues. But it has an indirect relationship to the world, and this is called the Munastan. However, the truth of the matter is, four lines under the paragraph, this is not the truth of godliness. The words are created from it. In other words, even the idea that there's a unifying force of God is not yet God. Because nobody could say that you can define God by creation. And therefore, Mizem Mubmuch teaches us, Shatz Musim, who is Barach, and the Abishter as he is by himself, is my Legam, Yachas Shlilo You cannot even say that he unifies the world, and to him the whole world is one. He has no relationship whatsoever. Says Rebbe, this is also even a meaning. This is a third Madrid. Not believers, the children of believers. Not a Muna based on a character and a nature. But on an essence, I am one with God, and therefore I know. It's an amuna which is in the Abishtad himself. And this amuna is a Yushef Mavramavim. So you have three Madregas, and the Rebbe so far said that these three Madregas, the amuna of the Malakalaman, is strictly Seichel, but that you have to go from Seichel to Amuna. And Laavi, you shared this with a Goy who is Chasidi Yomazel. The second madrega, the third madrega. This is already Yiddish, Maminin and Bnei Yes, the Rebbe can use the Rebbe. Shagam b'Munda b'Chinus Malakalam, and you should know that even the level of a Munda b'Malakalam, which we said before that Yidden and Goyim are the same. Yes, Hefesh b'Nei Salom. There's a difference between Yidden and Goyim. Okay, look at the end of the paragraph. The Kivan Shabi Yisrael Yes, na Munda b'Chinus Sevav Kalam and Olamaylo Imenu. Since a Yid has an Ishama. And he has good instincts. In other words, he has the chush and the capacity and the possibility to know God on levels which are higher than proof. So the Rebbe says, Even when they're believing in God based on proof, it's different. Right? In other words, a goy has proof for God. A yid has proof for God. So you're told, don't just have proof, believe. What does believe mean? Harden it. Toughen it against the, 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 the corrosion of your mind by tithes. But the Yid and the Goy are different. Why? Because the Yid has a capacity for higher Amunas. And the, I, the way I would explain it is, because the Yid has a capacity for higher Amunas, he's pushed good at it. You know? If you're in a family of musicians, your father was a musician and your grandfather was a musician. Now, other people could also be musicians. But you have it in your genes. It doesn't mean automatically you're better. It certainly doesn't mean you don't have to work as hard. But you have an advantage. 
a genetic advantage, an Ashama advantage. Because a Yid has a capacity for higher Amunas, when he believes exactly as the guy, he's pushing better at it. He has a Chush, because it's in his genes. So the Amunas take the same. It's based on Seichel, and then you go from Seichel to Amunah. But because a Yid has higher Amunas, his lower Amunah, the Amunah they shares with the guy, it's just Gishmaker, it's just Glatter, it's easier. And the Rebbe goes into a long discussion about the Amuna of Mamalek Kalaman and the Amuna of Sevev Kalam. He says, Amuna of Mamalek Kalaman is believing in Dibur. Amuna of Mamalek is believing in Dibur. The Abish created the world through speech. What do we know about speech? Two things the Rebbe says. Number one, when you speak, the words come out of you. Number two, speech, you say one word at a time. Number three, speech, there's times that you actually stop talking. What's the name, Sean? Creation from Dibur is the creation is separate from the Eivishter. Creation from Dibur, every aspect of the creation is separate from every other aspect from, in the creation. And number two, it has a limit. It has a limit. Stopping to speech is a metaphor for having a limit. Imun and Mamalakalama means I'm looking at the Creator on the level of speech. I look at the world. The world tells me there's a God, but what kind of a God? A God that's created many different things with many different types of life that are limited. So the perception of the God which is behind this creation is similar. So the Rebbe says, since the Amun and Mamalek is the Madrega of Dibur, he brings the very last words on page Lamadal of Abazai Yuvan Gama Psaq Din Amul Bechassidus this explains what Chassidus says Shebenei Neach Einam Bezhodam Alashita A guy is a lot of belief that Hashem has helpers in the creation. Right? And the Rebbe says if a Yid is not a lot of belief in Shita why is a guy? If Shittaf is a lie, a goy shouldn't be able to live in Shittaf. And the Rebbe basically answers because since a goy has no capacity for higher than Malik he can only relate to the Eivishter as he's creating many different things. If you can relate to the Eivishter as many different things, you relate to the Eivishter's influence as many different influences. That's Shittaf. A Yid sees beyond. He sees unity. And therefore he has to believe in oneness. A goy, a frum goy, see the Yom is allowed to accept that Eivishter has helpers who do what he says because he can't get past the diversity and the divisions of the creation. So in short, the Rebbe says, believing in the Eivish that love of Mamalek is the Madrega of Dibur. Now go to page Lamed Beis and he says, Masha'en ke'in Yisrael. You see, I made four, three asterisks, the first one, by Yidin. Sharshem e'bechin is Seiv of Kalam, Yidin come from Seiv of Kalam, which is Elam HaMachshav, the world of thought. Like it says, What do we know about thought? Number one, thought is one with the thinker, right? Number two, thought, you can think in images. You don't have to think one word at a time, you can think the whole picture. So there's no division. Number three, thought is believable. Because a yid can relate to the Abish at the level of Mamalak, level of Machshava, he could see the world as one with the Abish, he could see the world as one with itself. And he can see the infinity in the world because he's relating to the same of Kalaman. The Goy relates to the Abishtad only on the level of Dibur. A Yid Lahat was able to relate to the Abishtad of Madrega of Machshava, and because he's able to relate to the Abishtad on the level of Machshava, he's able to see the world not as the world appears, but as the oneness that the world is. The same of Kalaman. Because Yid didn't come from the Abishtad Machshava. But then the Rebbe continues and he says, the second asterisk, but. We're not saying that a Yid is advantageous over a Goy Lahav. That a Goy has only a Muli Mamalakalam. And a Yid is a Mustay of Kalam, but we're saying something else. That you have by a Yid, Gam Bechines Shalamaylam, he's Seyv of Kalam. By a Yid is an Amunah, which is even higher than Seyv of Kalam. 
Now the shy is where does this come from? A goy comes from deeper, so he has a god of deeper. A yid comes from machshava. He has a god of machshava. How does a yid come to understand to know to have a moon of the Ebesha higher than machshava? So the Rebbe gives two, he brings three Maimari Chazal. Okay? The first Maimari Chazal is you throw all over Machshava. The second Maimari Chazal is Machshava. And I made arrows. You see here, the second arrow, the third arrow, and the fourth arrow. Against that arrow, you throw all over Machshava is the first Maimari Chazal. Against the second arrow, the Machshavta, and you throw Kodmo Lachol Dovar. And against the third arrow, it says, Bemin Nimlach Benish Meseim Shal Tzadikim. Three Madregis. The first Madrege is all over Machshava. Yidin rose up in the Yevishness thought. Chasidus translates this to mean, What does it mean, Yisol Olu Machshava? Yisol Machshava. Sha'olu bedarga hachi na'olu Machshava. Yidin don't come from Hashem's thought. They come from the first level of thought. In other words, Shalomai lo mikol agilu. It's not that Pshat Goyim come from speech. And Yidin come from the thought, which is the thought. So that speech, no. Yidin come from thought, but the highest thought the first thought for Yahweh. Therefore, they have a shaykh not just to save of Kalaman, but to what is higher than save of Kalaman. But then the Rebbe says, Moreover, to be sure, Yidna are above thought altogether. When you say, you saw all of the Machshava, you say there's many levels of thought. And you say, Yidna are connected to the highest level of thought. You're at least conceding that Yidin's existence is in the realm, in the parameters of thought. It's the highest level Like it says in the Medish, that we all know, the thought of Yidin comes before everything. When you say the thought of Yidin comes before everything, you're saying two things. Yidna before everything, and their being before is Machshava. So saying that they're before is a big Maile. But saying that it's machshava is a medida vagbolo, right? Hine afshe kodmo lecholdava. You're saying a yidah before everything. You're saying that this thought is connected to everything. It's first, and therefore the Rebbe says a third Indian. The first thing you saw all over machshava. The second is machshavta. Emphasis on the word machshava. Amnam sheidish hanishamis. The real source of nishamis is lamaylo mina machshava lagami. We're not just higher than speech and we're thought. We're not just higher than thought, but we're the highest thought. We're above thought altogether. Higher than the highest level of thought altogether. But to such an extent is the source of Yidin so high. You can't even say it's before. It's before, before. The source of Yid has no relationship with anything. This is a different medrash where it says, With whom did Hashem consult on creation? With the souls of the Jewish people. Right? What does it mean, with whom did Hashem consult? With whom did Hashem consult to think about a world? With whom did Hashem consult to think about the world for the very first time? Says the Rebbe, reconsideration with Hashem's thought. The very first thought is in the Shammah Yisrael. A Yid is higher than the first thought because Hashem consulted with the Yid whether he should think. So first of all, a Yid is higher than Dib. Second of all, he's higher than the highest Machshava because he's the reason the Yid had that highest Machshava. Shemizem Muvum, which teaches us, Shemizem Lamayla Me'inyan HaMachshava LaGamri. Yid is completely above thought. V'ayinoshin Yisrael HaMachshava Begilin. When you say Yid is Hashem's thought, this is the Nisham as you see it. The Sham is higher than thought altogether. And the Rebbe says, In this Shadish, 
where you say he does an emuna, it's not just in Mamala Kalaman, not just in Seva Kalaman. So I gave you a long shi'ir and we learned three pages, but we learned them. What did we learn in Munah? And there's no doubt in my mind that the most important thing that we just learned was this idea that even what you understand, you have to change into belief. So Sunday, Billy Ned, they were going to learn the next parts, which is that the Rebbe says that even though a Yid has a, in his Teva capacity for Mamunah Malakal, Amitzad his chush as a munin sevcha. Amitzad his neshama is a munin atom simhus. You need Vaishara Bainu. Put a munin. And we'll do this in Mitzah Hashem on Sunday.